Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller along with Robert Glasscock. You know, other than just reading great things in the chart, Robert and I both, I think, like to focus on a couple of other specific areas. One is solar arc astrology, which is absolutely fascinating. The other is horary, where we can take a question to, as Robert describes in our horary course, space-time, and that's a triangle between you, the chart, and highest source to determine answers of things affecting our life. And to that end, we have one of our young listeners who is marching up her career path, and she has a question about that. Hi, Thomas and Robert. Uh, my name is Allison, and I'm a regular listener, and I have a horary question. I took the bar exam in July, and I live in a state where the results won't be released until late October, but all of my coworkers took the bar exam in a state where the results were released in early September. So I'm basically in this weird holding period that they're not in, and it's just brutal because I'm being left out of like all of this stuff that's happening um, with like just changing positions because now they're licensed and I'm still waiting to find out. So I just want to know if I pass the bar exam and I was wondering if Horary might be able to provide an accurate answer. I wasn't sure because it's something that's already occurred and I'm not sure if Horary can be used to answer something that's already happened where there's no possibility now for me to change how I did on the exam. But if it can provide an answer to something that's already happened like this, what time would I use for the horary chart? Would it be like the time that I'm asking the question? And would it be a question where I would be represented by the ascendant and the answer would be the descendant since it's a yes or no question? Or would this be the type of question that I would look at other parts of the chart for? All right. We have a good question here, Robert, with about three parts to it. So one is, can horary address something that has already happened? We'll talk about that. Where would we look in the chart? Of course, we'll talk about that. And then the discussion of if you were the astrologer, if you were the consulting astrologer on this, when would you cast the chart? So we are not going to attempt to answer her chart. I do that actually over on Fun Astrology, and Robert can build it into his readings. And we probably would run out of time. She'll know the results by the time we could get to this. But really good question about dealing with some very specific areas of horary. So where do you want to pick up? Do you want to start with the beginning? Can horary address something that has already happened? It's a great question, Allison. There are a couple of things. One of the basic rules in horary astrology is that the question has to concern something that the person asking it can do something about. In other words, you can't ask if your brother is going to get a divorce because you don't affect that. You can't ask horary who's going to become the president of the United States. Your little vote it can't directly affect the outcome of that either. So in this case, you've already taken the test. The question could become, should I act as if I've passed the test? That's a legitimate question. But then there's the time factor. When, when you thought of the question, Allison, you could have noted the time that you did that or... You could have written Thomas or me or an astrologer to say what you just said in your question. Uh, I haven't heard yet. Does it look like I've passed this test? And the astrologer could then use the time that they received and understood your question and set it up for their location, the astrologer's location, and began to read the chart from that. 
So this way, you wrote the question, Thomas received it, he forwarded it to me for consideration for today's podcast, so it's twice removed already. But it's still possible for you or me or Thomas, if we wanted to, to look at the chart. Your question about is it the seventh house, the seventh house really rules opportunity. So, for example, if you had taken an interview with a law firm and walked away from that and then wanted to consult astrology, does it look like I will get this opportunity? That's the first seventh question. But this is about, will I did I pass the test? Now, it's a specific kind of test. It's the bar exam. That's a ninth house question. So you're going to look at the ruler of the ninth and the ruler of the opposite house of the immediate outcome, which would be the ruler of the third. And those would be two planets that have to make a Chaldean aspect, namely a conjunction, sextile, square, trine, or opposition. So you could, could analyze it that way. But the question would be, should I act as if I have passed the bar? And then you would get a yes or a no or maybe an indefinite answer. Let me drill down on that idea of can horary answer a question that has already happened. And I'm wondering if it's the similar context to this. If you ask horary about lost items, for example, which was a whole section in the, in the course, and William Lilly really develop this of answering where's my where are my car keys <laughs> kind of thing that's already something that happened you already put the keys down somewhere that result is etched like the keys probably have not moved is that a corollary to a test that has already been taken no because the keys you lost them or they were stolen which is a different house that's theft but you, you know, you have a, the, the person asking the question has a direct input into that. In terms of a, t will I have, did I pass the test? As Allison said, that's over. And you don't have any, you can't change the outcome of the question. In a question about a lost object, you can change the outcome by finding it. You see what I mean? So in that old rule in Orary about the querent has to have some direct uh, participation in the outcome of the question. Well, she did when she took the test, but as far as did she pass it, there's nothing she can do to alter that. So, in fact, she really doesn't have a direct influence on the outcome of that particular question, technically. But, but <laughs> I'm always eager to find a workaround if I can. And so, one of the workarounds is to rephrase the question, should I act as if I've passed the test? Yeah, that's and a great solution. In, when you get into questions like, I had this great job interview yesterday, it went really well, does it look like I'm going to get this job? All right, that's a contingency option, a reciprocal option. It depends on what somebody else decides. You see what I mean? So in that case, it's still a first, seventh question, but then you have to play around. And this is all in the orary course as far as the rulers of the question versus the ruler of the querent and so on. But for this particular question, did I pass the bar exam? She doesn't have any direct uh, uh, action that she can take to change the outcome. She either did or she didn't. But what she can do is to 
frame her mind to either, should I act as if I pass the bar? And astrology will give her, if it, if it gives her a direct answer, it'll say yes or no, you should act as if you pass the bar. Or no, you shouldn't act as if you pass the bar. Anticipate taking it again, like many people do. They have to take that bar exam twice or even more times to pass. But astrology could be helpful in that way. But it's not nearly as reliable an ordinary question as, say, finding a lost object or making a decision about whether to move or buy a new car, those kinds of questions. Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. Is this the kind of question that would be best to give to horary? Only if it were me, and believe me, I've done this before for myself, not passing the bar exam, but if I want to know something like that, uh, I will set up an horary chart and just, does it look favorable or not? Very simple, very cut and dried. In this case, it's passing a test to get a, a license, a bar exam. So it's a ninth house question plus the ninth house rules law anyway. So I would do it and just say, and if I got a no answer, uh, okay, maybe I didn't. And I would be then mentally prepared to take it again. Right. Because it, obviously there's nothing she can do until she gets the official paper in hand and then she either moves forward right. or, or goes again. All right. Another interesting thing that came up from this that she brought up Originally, she asked if this was a first, seventh uh, cusp question, meaning that she is the querent if she does her own chart here, and then she's looking at the seventh house as the opposite of that. What are some of the definitions of when a person doing their own horary reading would consult the first house? Well, I'm not quite, quite sure I understand the, the question. The, the, the real essence of this question is, is the importance of locating the question in the correct house. Because if you don't, you're not going to get an accurate reading. So the question is not about her as a querent. The question is about an exam, the bar exam. So that's the house that becomes the first house in the judgment chart. So now, if you locate it, as I would, in the ninth house, it could be the same question. Am I going to get my Ph.D.? Am I going to get my high school graduation diploma? All of that's ninth house. So the bar exam is the ninth house. So that becomes the first house in the judgment chart. And then you take the ruler of that house, whatever that planetary ruler is, and you always use the Chaldean rulers. So, for example, Scorpio, you use Mars. Aquarius, you use Saturn. Pisces, you use Jupiter, the old Chaldean rulers of the sign. And then you take the ruler of the sign that, that uh, the ruler of the sign on the cusp of the house ruling the question, in this case, the ninth house ruler. And then the planet ruling the opposite house, because the house opposite the first house in the judgment chart rules the immediate outcome of the question. So, for example, if her ninth house were ruled by, let's say, Scorpio, that would be Mars. The opposite house would be Taurus, ruled by Venus. If Mars and Venus, no matter how far apart they are, they cannot leave the sign that they are in to make an aspect, another or rule. If Mars is in Scorpio, as it is now, and but let's say Venus is in Sagittarius, that's a semi-sextile to Scorpio, so they don't, they don't make a Chaldean aspect. 
if Venus were in Capricorn, then Mars and Venus would be in sextile, and the answer would be yes, act as if you pass the bar. So, can you think of a situation, if you were reading your own horary question chart, can you think of a situation where you would put that question in the first house, like she was asking? Well, I'm trying to think of one. For example, I just got a question the other day about I'm going in for a colonoscopy. Well, that is a procedure that's done on your physical body. But in fact, it's either going to be ruled by the sixth house or the eighth house, and not the first. Maybe, a well, see, I'm thinking, should I go on a diet? Once again, yeah, that's your first house physical body, but the actual diet is the sixth house. It's a health procedure. So I'm, try I'm really trying to think of one, Thomas. Maybe there's not. Hmm. I don't know that there is, because the more I'm thinking about it, you basically have to, well, one of the old horary rules, which is also in that course, is it's advisable when possible to keep the question out of an angle if you can. You can't always. But by the same token, if the question itself concerns the first house, you don't have an opposite house for an outcome of anything. You just have one house. See what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. So that's why I guess why I'm having trouble thinking. I really am trying to think of what question could I ask about myself that would land me in the first house. Now, what you could do, for example, in a question about a job interview, you can look at the seventh as the person that interviewed you and offered you the, either is going to offer you an opportunity or not, you could look at that house and absolutely read that person, starting with the seventh house and the planet ruling it and the aspects it makes and so on. And then you would read yourself in the first house. But that's, again, a relationship of you at the first house with some other house. But if you located a question in the first house, which I'm really trying to think, <laughs> for example, I'm thinking about getting a tattoo. Fine. That's fifth house. It's a decoration of your body. It's something fun, creative, artistic, fifth house. And then the tattoo itself would be ruled by the fifth house. The immediate outcome of getting the tattoo would be ruled by the eleventh house. See, so again, everywhere I go with this thinking, I'm getting into some other house than the first. Those suckers so covered not, it all, didn't they, back in the Chaldean days? <laughs> they surely did. <laughs> Even tattoos, <laughs> which they probably did back then, but anyway. Oh, yes, they did. Oh, they my did. goodness. Wow. That's amazing. All right. Interesting. That's I, I'm glad that she said that because it gave us that opportunity to just bring that up and out. Well, it's a great question because it makes you, and that's the real key to worries, think, think it through. And the second thing really is that out, if you don't, if the querent does not have some direct input on the result, in fact, this is where that old rule about the moon being void of course. If the moon is void of course in Orary, basically the mat, there's nothing the querent can do about it. It's either already essentially concluded, but there's nothing the so the, because the moon really rules the the actions in a chart like this. So if the moon is void, of course, if it doesn't make any more aspects, any more Ptolemaic aspects before leaving the sign that it's in, the moon is void of aspects during the course of its motion through the sign it's in. And that means the querent can't do anything about this, and therefore the chart cannot be read. 
And these are real important rules, these considerations before judgments in orary, because they're absolutely questions that cannot, that astrology will tell you. Can't read this. It's not going to be reliable. Yeah. And here's why. Have to keep those in mind every time. Yep. <laughs> All right. Now, and that leads us right into the last question or the last part of this. So you are doing your own reading. When would you cast this chart to ask the question? I cast it for the moment that it occurs to me to inquire with orary astrology. Now, the old example I've used repeatedly is the last time I really used orary for myself was six years ago when I got this. I had been leasing a Honda, and now it was a year and a half into the lease, and I got this letter from Honda Corporation. Hey, we have a special offer for preferred customers. You can bring that car in early termination offer. You can bring it in today and drive off with a brand new 2016 Honda for zero down. All right, right then, I thought, let me go online and look up these early termination offers. Are they any good? So I went to Consumer Reports. Turns out, depending on how you drive, how long you keep a car, they could actually be a very good offer for the consumers. So armed with that information, bingo, that moment, I set up an orary chart. The question was, A, should I take advantage of this early termination offer? B, should I lease the new car, or C, buy the new car? And it was very clear. Yes, take advantage of the offer. Don't lease the car. Buy the car. And that's what I did. But that, it was when I thought of the question. If it's intense enough for you, for you to occur in your own mind as your own astrologer, if it's intense enough to want to look at orary, that's the moment. Now, it may not happen until later. You may read something or think about something, but it's not pressing, and you get busy with other things. It could be a day later. It could be a week later. And then you think, hmm, this has been mulling around in the back of my brain. I want to look at astrology. Then that's the moment. Now, there's one other factor that we've talked about in the course, and that is when you know what house rules the question. So you already know. You have that well-established mentally. You just know what type question is coming up. You know what house to go to. What about somebody who says, I need to consult horary, but I'm not sure. Is this a you know first, seventh, or is this a fifth house question because that's education, or is this a ninth house question because it's higher education, etc.? What would you do with that as far as timing that when you cast the chart? This is why you really do have to think through every question just about, yeah, I've done this for a number of years, so I don't necessarily have to think things through to that degree. But for example, one of the illustrations I think in this course is a man who's asking, um, should my wife and I take um, our annual vacation in Hawaii with friends or should I stay home to work on a business proposal for a new business I want to launch. Nine out of ten astrologers would put it in the ninth house of long-distance trips. Wrong. Wrong. It's not about that. It's about what do I do with my vacation? Go to Hawaii or stay in L.A. to work on this business proposal? That's the question, and the question about a vacation is a pleasure. Fifth house question. So when you begin to think it through, the question wasn't about a trip. 
It was about an, it's a serial option about what to do with my vacation. A, go to Hawaii, or B, stay home and work on this business proposal. So that's what I mean by a lot of questions you really do have to think through. Again, something I had one of my very earliest, first time I ever predicted death, actually. A client, a past client, I was in New York at the time, she was in L.A., called me, told me that her sister, her alcohol, chronic alcoholic sister, had been living with a couple in Florida, but the sister now had gotten so bad that they could no longer keep her there. And so my client's question was, am I going to have to sell the family property in Florida in order to be able to afford to put my sister into a, an assisted living situation for alcoholism? That was really her question. Well, you have to think this through. It's a, a question about her sister's health on one level. And then the other question is, am I going to have to sell the family property? And you can look at both if you want to. But I did look at that chart, and I called her back in L.A., and I asked her, could you wait until after May 1st, because I think this decision will make itself. And she instantly said, is she going to die? And I said, I can't say that, but I can say that it does not look like you're going to have to sell the family property. And if you can wait until after May 1st, which is only a month away, I think the decision will make itself. And sure enough, her sister did die. And she did not have to sell the property. But you do have to think these things through, to, at least in your own mind, feel like you have landed on the right house for what's really being inquired about. That, that question about what to do with my vacation is a classic. Because you know, should we go to Hawaii, and they'll put that in the ninth house, or should I stay home and work on my business proposal? And they, they would make that the second option. They would put it in the 11th house, which is the third house from the, the original question in the ninth. But neither one of those are right. The question is what to do with my vacation, fifth house. Should I do A, take the trip, or B, stay home and work on this business proposal? So the first part of the question is actually located in the fifth house. And so on. So that's why it's important to really take the time to think through what you're asking about. The question about the, the bar exam was pretty easy because that is clearly the ninth house. But some questions, most questions, are not that easy. Robert, I have an idea. I have a very present question that came to me just before we started rolling here. I have a very dear friend who is down in uh, Florida who has been fighting breast cancer nobly for over a decade. She is not doing well. She needs help. She's down there by herself. The question that I'm asking and that's in my mind right now is, should I go? So let's ask that question. We'll just put this to real life example and ask the chart that question. I'm going to be the astrologer. We're going to walk through it. You are hand over my shoulder as we're doing this. And let's do that in the next episode, okay? Sounds great, Thomas. All right, so we will roll right into that and uh, show you this unfolding in real time as it's happening for me in this situation. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. <music>